It's the Rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour et bonsoir. Good evening. It's Simon Marcel. Welcome to the Rendezvous. I'm going to make you laugh a little bit. I'm going to try to imitate my uh, cousin Alexander French accent. So take a listen because the Swiss people, which are very nice people, by the way, but they speak a French which is very slow. And I, because I talked to him earlier tonight, it's still on my fresh in, in my head. So, you know, the French people would say bonjour, like that, bonjour. The Swiss will say bonjour. See the difference? Bonjour. The Swiss goes bonjour. And then if you say how are you in French, you go comment ça va? That's the French way. Comment ça va? How are you? The Swiss goes comment ça va? <laughs> and I, I must say, I know I would sound silly to you probably because you're not used to that French, but that slow, slow, slow way of pronouncing things, probably a bit like the North and the South in America. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> Your relationship is the key of this show. Any questions, 855-905-8255. If you have a question about your love life, call me, 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Brett. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Brett. So what's going on in your dating life and your love life? How can I help you? There's really nothing going on, so I would like for there to be something going on. And the reason is because, you know, I had this girlfriend like almost a decade ago that I was head over heels in love with. And everything was great, but I messed it up because I was into drugs and alcohol. And you know what? I cleaned up my life. I got sober. I've been sober now almost a decade. I'm coming up. Oh, on congratulations. Thank you. But I can't, I can't get the love life straight. You know, there's no girl that I meet that I'm like head over heels. I can't stop thinking about. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, Brett, I gotta ask you first. Um, this girl you were in love with—that's um, when you were still using, you know, uh, drug and alcohol. So, do you think that has something to do with it? That there was a period of your life where you had—you were more obsessive than you are now, because you know. As you know, once you're in a program and you've been successful for 10 years, and again, congrats on that, being sober for 10 years. But, you know, the obsession kind of disappears. We work on it. You talk about it and all that. So my question to you is, do you think that period of your life, this, this very intense love, but also this intense use of drug and alcohol, we're all making sense together? Yes, 100%. Okay. So now that you're sober, um, do you crave this kind of feeling yet? of super high, madly in love? Is that what it is? Um, you know the feeling where you can't stop thinking about someone? That's what I had yes. with her. And I'm, that's the feeling I'm after. Like, I can't stop thinking about you. Like, I want to be with you. I want to talk to you. I want to text you. I want to call you all night long. I understand. But do you relate the fact that this same kind of obsession relate to the way you were thinking about, you know, having a glass of, of, of alcohol or drugs? Do, do you see the parallel that... You're talking about looking for something that brings you a high, like you had with you know, drug and alcohol, except you want it in a, in, a, in a relationship, right? Yes, yes. Maybe my suggestion is to talk to your sponsor about that, and, and maybe the new kind of love you seek will be calmer, not as obsessive, maybe not with the highs and the lows, but more, you know, um, I would say healthy and, and calming and soothing. So my advice to you is, is to reflect on, you know, uh, the displacement of obsession from drug, alcohol to relationship, and then once you meet somebody nice, not to be worried if it's not as high or low as that it was back then. Uh, that would be a good sign, actually, maybe. Yeah, I like that. That's actually really good. I appreciate that. 
All right then. So good luck to you in your search of of this you know peaceful relationship, and uh, congrats again on being sober for ten years. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you so much. I'll call you back when I find her. You know it. I'm here at night. or leave right. a message. Thank you so much, right. and have a good night. Good luck to you, Brett. I appreciate you. And now I am going to go listen to a voicemail from Mia, because apparently she wants her husband to involve her in his kid's life more. So let's check it out. Her voicemail is next. If you have a question for me, and I mean not just during the two hours of the show. No, I'm talking about 24-7. You have a question about your love life. Just leave me your question in a voicemail at 855-905-8255 and we'll get to it, just like for Mia's. Take a listen. Bonjour, Simon. This is Mia. And I was calling to get some advice from you. I was wondering how I can get my husband to include me more with him and his kids' lives. I've expressed how I feel like an outsider and I want to be a great stepmom but he doesn't seem to let me in. I'll be listening to hear your advice. I love your show so much. Thank you again. Mia, thank you for the voicemail and for trusting me with your question. Uh, How do you get your partner to involve you uh, with their kids' life more? I'm going to tell you my advice and strategy next. Maybe you've been in that situation. Mia just left me a voicemail saying she wants to know how to get her husband to involve her in his kids' lives more because, you know, uh, he's kind of separating their love life as husband and wife and then his kids from a previous marriage and she wants to be more involved as stepmom, which I think is wonderful. Um, I think it takes time. I think it's not something you can force on. I think it's every time you see the kids that you connect yourself uh, with each kid's birthdays or if you see them more often, pay attention. Create your own connection with each kid right? Uh, And all you got to do is um, not so much ask him to see them more. I would just say, you know, uh, oh, you know, we had such a good time. Uh, Is it okay if I buy them this? Or what do you think of this suggestion? You just suggest things. And then you go from there, slowly but surely. That's my advice. Slowly but surely. Uh, That will work. You call the next. Bonjour, Tori. Bonjour, Simon. What's going on with your boyfriend? How can I help you? So I am dating the nicest guy you can imagine. Um, We've been together for two years. He's such a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is that my love language is communication and talking. And he is the quietest, shyest person I've also ever known. So it's impossible. Like it's it's really hard to get him to open up. And that's kind of what I need. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should keep trying or if I'm in the wrong relationship. Hmm. And you've been together for two years? Yes. Okay. Has he made any progress at all in two years in his communication and conversation with you? Or it's exactly the same it was two years ago? He's made a little progress. I've finally convinced him that even talking to me about what happened at work, which he thinks is boring, is at least communicating and at least letting me into his life. But as far as, like, you know, deep and meaningful conversations, like, they feel impossible for him to have. Yes. What do you think is the unspoken? Do you think that's a man who had a trauma? Because usually when it's at that level, when they can't communicate, it's not their fault. Something has happened, and they're afraid of of letting go of words. Do you think this man has had a difficult um, maybe childhood or a difficult life? That's usually what the case is. 
Yeah, I think as far as home life, I don't think it was difficult. I did meet his parents, and they're super nice. He has nothing bad to say about his childhood. He says that nothing has ever really happened. I asked him once to tell me something bad that's happened in his life, and he said that once his grandma tripped getting out of the car and he felt bad because he didn't help her out. And I was like, well, that's, that's bad, but that's not really the tragedy most of us experience in all of our lives (laughs) yeah so so you picked right on it and we're not going to play shrink but obviously there's a whole cloud of unspoken in his mind somewhere in a safe and he can't open the door but your job is not to be shrink neither is mine so here's my advice life is short if you're calling me about it is you already have an intuition that you'll be better off with somebody who would like to talk to you somebody who likes to communicate with you, somebody who's going to share his day and his emotions with you through words like you do, right? Same love language. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes, you know, I'm a Debbie Downer on this show. Sometimes I say things just to protect you and you don't waste your time because, listen, you already know your intuition has has spoken. You know this man doesn't have the love language you need and it's only getting worse for you. Yeah, Thank you for calling. Good luck to you and have a good night. Good night, Simon. Talking about language of love, do you know how many there are? Let's talk about that next. What is your language of love? That's a question that when you look at somebody for the first time, think in your head, what is his or hers language of love? Because there's five of them. Five. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, Quality time, physical touch. What is your language of love? And how important that is. Let me share from my experience how important it is to have somebody who kind of share your language of love. Next. How important is it for you, from your experience, from your own experience, the language of love of your partner when you're in a relationship? I didn't realize how important it was until... Um, you know, my language of love is really, you know, physical touch and quality time and words of affirmation. And then I had this wonderful girlfriend and for her, you know, receiving gifts uh, and an act of service were the two, you know, she really felt like that's how she would like to be loved. I didn't get it. <laughs> and so we end up in a very difficult argument about who's right and who's wrong, except there is no who's right and who's wrong in the language of love. You've got to find somebody who digs your own language of love. Otherwise, like my last caller, it's going to be catastrophic. Trust me. Don't do like me. Do better than me. Find somebody who digs your language of love. It's so important. Trust me. You calls are next on The Rendezvous. If you have a question about your love life, your relationship, call me now at The Rendezvous. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, René. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, René. So what's going on with you and online dating? How can I help you? Well, I haven't dated anyone since COVID, and I really want to try dating again in this, like, new world that we're living in. But I don't want to get obsessive about the app. Um, I tend to get obsessive when I start dating, and um, I'm also not very good at choosing people's profiles and judging people based on what they write and the pictures that they put up on online. And I just wondered if you had any advice. 
Okay, so um, let's first talk about the obsession. So what happens? Explain to me what, what do you do when you say I'm getting obsessive? Um, I can find myself beyond, like in the past, I've been on the app and I'll just like be on it for like hours at a time or I'll continue to check messages um, throughout the day. And because I haven't been dating, I've really valued my time of not thinking about if I'm going to meet the, the next love of my life, you know? I see. Are you also obsessive in a relationship? You start stalking the social media? Are you very jealous? Are you somebody who suffers from that kind of, you know, emotions? Um, I don't cross boundaries. Um, I'm in a recovery program and I have learned that, like, I do have OCD and it comes out in different ways and mm -hmm. one way is like codependency issues where mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. I start getting excited about an idea or a person it's very hard for me to shut that off in my brain I understand so you seem to be pretty aware of, of how it works and what to do and and your recovery program uh, has all the tools so my advice is this is that we have to live not in fear but in, in taking a chance um, being online dating is safe if you get obsessional you know i think you have the tools in the program to kind of you know slow down but i wouldn't want you to stay alone by fear of maybe you're gonna get obsessive about a person online right now it's not really safe to meet anyway so i'm really encouraging you to to go back and, and check the apps and do it in a fun way uh, i think by the way it takes a year after you start you know your recovery to start dating i don't know if you have a year of sobriety or not but that's what they say yeah i have two years Wonderful. Congrats on that. So really, I mean, after Thank two you. years, I'm sure your sponsor can help you that too. It's, it's, this is how it works, right? So I would take a dare. I would, I would look what's out there and not give up on love. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's yeah, going to be okay. You. It's just online dating <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Take a chance. All right. Thank you, Simon. Have a good night. Good night, Rene. Changing gears, I'm going to go answer Maggie's email because she wanted a date with a new guy. And um, he said something that's still bothering her. So she doesn't know if she should see him again or not. And I want to help her. Her email is next. If you have a question for me, 24-7, don't hesitate to email it to me at therendezvousshow.com. Like Maggie did. She goes, Bonjour Simon. I went on a date with a new guy and I asked him what was his type. And he said, you, but 15 pounds lighter. I laugh it off, but it's been bothering me. Now, he's so nice in every other way, though. Should I go out with him again? Ah, good question, Maggie. Should you go out again with a guy who, when you ask him what's his type, says, you, but 15 pounds lighter? I'll tell you what I think. Next. How would you feel if you're a woman, you go out on a date with a new guy, things are going well, and then you ask him, what was his type? And the guy would say, you, but 15 pounds lighter. How would you feel? And would you see him again? And that's the question Maggie has sent me in an email. So Maggie, should I go out with a guy who told me his type is me 15 pounds lighter? My answer is no, you should not. It will be hurtful to you. It's not a nice thing to say. And um, why would you want to go with a guy who is not into you the way you are? You have to go with somebody who loves you and wants you the way you are now. Okay? That's my advice. You can't betray yourself and your self-esteem. So don't see him again. That's my advice. 
This is a mean person, by the way, to say that. Really, that's a meanie. You don't want to go out with a meanie. You call the next. If you want to share a personal romantic story that happened to you or is happening to you, please call me 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Sasha. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, bonjour. So I understand you are in a romantic relationship and there is a tradition. Uh, what's the t romantic tradition you guys have created together? Well, our tradition is every Wednesday we switch off, we make the favorite meal of, for the other person. So one Wednesday he makes my favorite food, which is lasagna. And the mm -hmm. next Wednesday I make tikka masala. Wow. For him. And that's every Wednesday. Yeah. Pretty cool. And now, who started it? Who had the idea of this? I like it, but who were you the initiator or was he? I, I initiated because I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? And then, do you guys also change plates? Or it's every, time, every Wednesday lasagna for you and for him? Is it like the same every Wednesday or you guys change you know, menu? Sometimes we change the menu, but lasagna is my favorite, so I typically, I, that's what I want every time. Sometimes we change. A lasagna girl, I see. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, thanks for sharing that romantic uh, tradition you guys have installed. I think it's a good one. So thank you for sharing and have a good night. You too, Simon. Thank you. Let's finish this rendezvous with a very interesting question, and I think the answer will be as interesting as the question. When you date someone... Are you looking at them as potential spouse from the first date? Let's talk about that next. So when you date someone, honestly, are you looking at them as a potential spouse from the first date or not really? I wanted to know what you thought about this because I have a strong opinion about it. So I posted this on social media at Ronnie Radio. 48% of you voted, yes, I do think from the first date on, when I look at somebody if it's a potential spouse, and 52% of you said, no, 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 I don't look at them as a potential spouse on my first date. And uh, I don't either. I don't either. First date, and that's very European, very French, very Swiss, very Italian. First date, chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. Chemistry, ooh la la, la joie de vivre. That's what I'm thinking about. Not yet marriages and engagement ring, not yet. That's just the difference also between probably coming from Europe and being born and raised here. Two interesting uh, culture in the way of dating. Thank you so much for listening to The Rendezvous tonight. Very, very much. And have a good night. Bonsoir. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.